This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we're in for another treat. Thank, thank you all for being here once again. I'm Steve Sparks, one of the Astros radio broadcasters. And we're pleased to be joined by three Houston Astros guys on the on the forefront of what's going forward with this Houston Astros team. It's Garrett Stubbs, Josh James, and Kyle Tucker. And what we're going to talk about, since these guys have been teammates for quite a while throughout the minor leagues and as major leaguers is how, in your opinion, do you build team chemistry? And every team's different, wouldn't you say, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, so Kyle and I got drafted together, and Josh was the year before, um, but we've been playing with each other ever since A-ball. And uh, for us in the locker room, I think it's where we build some of the most chemistry. Um, when we're out on the field, you know, we're focused on our craft, um, but all of our team chemistry and getting to know each other happens in the locker room and uh, you know some stories are left in the locker room sure. but um, that's where all the fun happens and we get to know people. Josh after you get drafted and you're playing in college and you're playing against guys that you've obviously competed well against but there's always doubt in a guy's mind when he goes to play professional baseball if you really stack up. What was it like the first time you walked into a professional clubhouse? Uh, it was a little different just because in college it was I went to a small school so the only people that came to games was uh, people's families so when you walked out and you saw all the fans it was probably a couple thousand people it felt a lot larger it felt like I was playing here and uh, but in the clubhouse uh, you have to make new friends and uh, and and that's probably the challenging part just kind of learn everybody's personality and stuff but uh you, you, you come to like it and, and you love it. I got to ask you this, Kyle, because you signed as a first rounder out of high school, which I thought, I always felt like was probably an even bigger challenge because you haven't been away from home yet. And you're around guys three or four years older, most of the guys on your team. Was that a challenge? Was there kind of a generation gap in some of the teams early on? Uh, it was a little different at first. Uh, the guys were quite a bit older than me, and you know, I was only 18. But after a little while, just playing with them and hanging out and being in the locker room together, age didn't really matter. Uh, we were all in there together and just having a good time. Talk about the team chemistry. And when you walk into a major league clubhouse, and everybody's always talked, last five years anyway, of how much this team has gelled and how well everybody gets along. I want each of you guys to kind of give a little testament to what you felt like coming into this clubhouse because as you were coming up, you knew this is a great team and they had a lot of stars, but was it intimidating or did they make you feel welcome right away, Garrett? Well, I mean, when you walk into a locker room and there's MVP candidates all around the locker room, I mean, I don't even need to mention names. Everyone knows the guys that are in that locker room. Uh, it can be a little intimidating at first, but 
uh, when you walk in and you got guys uh, welcoming you with open arms and really striving to achieve one goal, which is a World Series, everyone in there is trying to win. Nobody's trying to put the other guy down. Everyone's trying to bring everyone else up. So when you walk in, it might be a little intimidating at first, but all those MVP candidate guys, they help you. You know, They're not trying to keep you away or keep you separated from themselves. They bring you in with open arms and, and really help you get comfortable and, and be able to uh, perform on the field. What's it like for you guys? Um, Garrett said it really well. Um, everybody's really welcoming. They set a culture of winning and, and doing your job is probably one of the biggest uh, roles in the in the clubhouse. And I've got to ask you this, Josh. How hard early on is it to ask questions to a guy like Justin Verlander? Um, it's tough just because you want to make sure you ask the right question. You don't want to come to him with something that may seem like it's wasting his time because he's a guy that's always focused and you know he's always doing something so asking him the right question is probably like the biggest thing um but he he's always open and available to like answer and he's never turned me away uh with a question so he's he's been awesome kyle what's the hurdles you, you walk into a major league clubhouse and most of you guys know that kyle's brother used to play for the astros preston so Kyle knew some of these guys to begin with because you were around the ballpark when Preston was playing and uh, he was probably giving you advice on what to do when you walked in there. But how was it for you? Was it what you thought? Yeah, I mean, Pre Preston told me a little bit about the guys, but, you know, being around them is pretty accurate. You know, they're, they're always uh, greeting and just uh, upbeat guys you know they're really excited to come out here and play every day and you know they want to get better and they work really hard so just being in that clubhouse with them they always want to have fun and just get better and makes it that much more more fun being out here with them let me ask you this at what point did you start to feel more comfortable i mean it, it's usually you're going to feel comfortable once you start playing a little bit better but when did you really feel like, okay, I belong here? I don't know about belong here yet, but as far as feeling comfortable, I mean, once I got into my first game and we got a first win and I felt like I contributed to a win, um, that's when I started to feel like, okay, I'm actually doing something to help this team. And that's when I started to feel a little bit more part of the team. You know, when you're not playing very much and you're not getting to contribute, um, there are other ways, you know, even off the field. Um, to contribute is clubhouse culture and stuff like that. So um, just when you start contributing to the team, I feel like that's when I felt like I was really a part of the team and felt a little bit more comfortable. Any one moment for you, Josh? No. Um, I, I, I think the key is never feeling comfortable around the clubhouse. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always felt like I belonged because uh, the guys made me feel that way. But, um, yeah, I'm, I never tried to get too comfortable in the clubhouse, just, just for, for the culture's sake. So, Kyle, two years ago you came up, didn't get to play regularly. Your number suffered a little bit. Last year you come up, you start having success, you get to play a little bit more, and obviously your timing and rhythm gets a little better with more playing time. You start to have success. How does that make you feel, coming to the clubhouse every day like, I'm on a really good team. They're trying to do some special things, and I'm a contributor. What, what did that feel like? 
Yeah, it's always good to help out the team. Uh, you know these guys are out here working so hard and trying to get better and just win games and get to the postseason. And just anything you can do to contribute towards that and towards the team goal is awesome. And that's that's all you want to do is just play for them. What do you guys talk about in the minor leagues? Like when, when guys are sitting around in double A in Corpus Christi or maybe it's high A ball. Are you talking about, hey, when we're there, we're going to do this? Do you ever have conversations like start to feel like when we're with Springer and when we're with Altuve, we want to accomplish this? Uh, I think the team already knows exactly what they want to accomplish, and it's a World Series, and that kind of set the standard since the last five you know, plus years. Yeah. Um, so that's a standard. We don't really talk about that or about like what we want to do when we get there because the culture is already set. So once you get in, you kind of already know your role and where you're supposed to be and whatnot. Um, and like Josh says, you're never too comfy when you're in the locker room um, or on the field. You're always trying to get better or try to contribute in the next way that you possibly can. I want to ask you this, Josh. So a lot of the, the team chemistry happens not on the field but on the buses on the airplanes, uh, out to eat and things like that. Tell me about some of the players that are kind of taking you under their wing. And if you could share a story or maybe two about, you know, the things that may have surprised you about bus rides from the airport to the team hotel and things like that. Um, the player that took me under his wing was uh, Joe Smith. Joe Smith uh, frequently would, you know, we don't be on the road. He'd take me to dinner. Um, when we were in the playoffs, uh, we went to dinner and he kind of like just sat me down and would tell me, hey, like, you know, just trust your stuff. You know, you're good enough to, to be here and, and, and to perform at a high level. And um, uh, Garrett Cole took me to dinner as well another time. And he, uh, you know, he told me that, you know, I was good enough to be here. Everybody kind of told me the same thing. So, um, but those two guys were really, really big in, in, in helping me. Yeah. Kyle, Gary Pettis is the outfield coach. And what we've always noticed the last three or four years is how much fun, like, Marisnik and Springer and Reddick and all those guys are having all the time. As you work with those guys in spring training, it just feels like that outfield group is a little special. And I think Gary Pettis is a big part of that. But that, that group of guys takes a lot of pride in their defense, doing things the right way. Any of those guys helped you along? Uh, I mean, pretty much all the outfielders. You know, they're they're always there to help and help each other get better. And every day before BP, Gary takes us out there and hits us some fly balls and ground balls to you know just work on little things. But you know, we we have an you know all star outfield. You know, everyone out there is just you know one of the best players in the game, and you know they're they definitely show it every night. Yeah. Okay, what'd you guys do right after the season? Because everybody needs a little bit of recovery. You guys didn't finish till basically Halloween. How much time did you give yourself to rest before you started working out again and getting ready for this next season? I didn't take any time off. I went, yeah, straight into it. I wasn't on the roster in playoffs, so I um, took the time during that to start getting in the weight room, start getting, I'm not the biggest guy on the field, so I got to take advantage of the time that I have to, to get a little bigger and stronger. So 
I didn't take too much time off, but I did take a trip to Mexico for New Year's, which was a good time. You did. What, what part of Mexico did you go? Uh, I went to La Paz for three nights, oh, nice. and then I went to Cabo for two nights for New Year's Eve. So Very good. good time. All right, Josh, you take some time off? Yeah, um, that's one thing uh, some of the veterans really stressed to me was to take my time and not to uh, start working out too soon. So I took maybe about three weeks off, and then um, I started getting back into the gym just with some cardio, some stuff like that. Um, but, uh, and Josh was a relief pitcher last year, and going into spring training, you're going to have an opportunity to fight for a, a spot as a starter pitcher, right? Right, right. and that, I, I think that's the goal this year, too, is to fight for another starting spot, the same as last year. So um, I didn't want to take too much time. Yeah. I wanted to get you know at least get back in and start working and, and moving around. But um, as far as a trip... Uh, me and my family went to Tennessee Pigeon Forge, got a cabin for, for Christmas. That's where Dolly World is, right? Yes. Yeah, we didn't go to Dolly World, though. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just stayed up in the mountains. Not that hill it made. Yes. Kyle, uh, how much time did you take off? It was a long season for you. A lot of at-bats between AAA and the big leagues. Did you take some time off? Uh, it took a couple days. We got A couple home. days? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, we got home like a Wednesday or Thursday after the season. I started the following like Tuesday. So I know, I know how important this upcoming year is for the team and for me. So I just wanted to get in there and get better and, you know, try and uh, just win some more games for us. You know, we've commented on it, Kyle, uh, many times. Uh, but you're one of the, the few people that doesn't wear batting gloves. So coming into spring training, we're taking more swings and more swings. And when you don't wear batting gloves... What do you do to get your hands tougher going into spring training because you take so many swings? Um, do you have to do things for your calluses and things like that? No, nah, I normally get the blisters out of the way before I get there if I get them. Yeah. Because after that, like, uh, my hands are fine. Funniest guy on the team. Wow. Who just, That's you love, I got Reddick. He makes you laugh. Who? Reddick. Yeah, Reddick's pretty Josh funny. Reddick? Yeah. Reddick's probably numero uno for me. I'd say so, Reddick messing with straw. Who? Reddick messing with straw. That's, that always gets me. So, so you're being more specific. Kyle said the funniest part is watching Josh Reddick mess with Miles Straw. So what is it? He just goes to anything, I'm sure, right? Yeah, it, he just always gets on so strong. So Josh Reddick has, like, a really quick wit, sharp tongue, yeah. will say anything, right? <laughs> yeah, there are no limits for Josh Reddick. <laughs> and he'll wear anything, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does wear a Spider-Man suit. He wears a Spider-Man suit in the clubhouse? Just about anywhere. I want you to let everybody in on, on a little bit of a secret, is whenever the reporters or the radio guys or whoever are in the clubhouse, it's a lot different scene than when those, those guys are out of the clubhouse, right? I mean, it's loud. Uh, yeah, Springer's our clubhouse DJ. Yeah, so, so he plays loud music. Yeah, so he's, he's always on the, on the music, playing good music and getting the guys going before the game, after the game, after wins is always the best. We're in the locker room, you know, hanging out with each other. Even the even the regular season wins, you know, we have little small celebrations afterwards just because every win counts over the end of the season. So it's a lot of fun. Josh, tell everybody about the player of the game celebrations you guys have. So it's it, was it a robe or was it a belt last year? I can't it's, a, it's a robe. Um, and it just goes to the to the pitcher the, and, the pitch, and the position player that uh, – 
that had the best game. And so the guy the previous day awards the guy for the next day's yes. game. Yes, that's how it goes. And um, is there a vote taken, or is that guy gets to decide? It's that guy gets to decide. The guy from the previous day gets to decide who gets the row. And sometimes, if if the the, the clubhouse doesn't like it, the guy get worn out. <laughs> okay, so if if you win the award, say you're in Seattle, you win the robe, are you supposed supposed to conduct your interviews in the robe? I don't think that's a thing. I think uh, Reddick has done it a couple times, um, but uh, you do have to give a speech to the team. So, and if your speech is not good, you get worn out again. <laughs> so Kyle, how how have your speeches gone? You won a couple of those awards. I you think got the I've robe won it once. And you spoke in front of the team. Yeah, you just either put the robe over your shoulders or hold it and just say a little something. And you're expected to say a few words, right? Yeah, Spr Springer might cut you off with the music a couple times, which is just funny. But <laughs> all right, uh, guys, it's going to be a fun year. Uh, you guys are a huge part of this. It's Kyle Tucker on the other end. It's Josh James in the middle. And Garrett Stubbs right here. They're going to be right in the middle of it. Thank you guys very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Marty. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.